Thank you for listening to the Conformed to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays for Free For All Friday. What's going on, George? Not much. How are you? I'm doing doing well, I think. Awesome. I think. Better than you were doing. Yeah. Yes, sir. But I'm back. Something got me past couple days. Yeah. Well, three days. Don't know what it was. You've been taking those vitamin D? I don't think vitamin D would have helped with this. <laughs> this was like some strain of Ebola. <laughs> and I'm just here. It's a miracle. Yeah? Yeah. Got hit with something. I don't huh? know. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Yeah. All right. Sweated out last night, though. I'm all good. Woke up just like it never happened. <clears throat> Went away as fast as it came. I told, uh, so we had our prayer meeting on Wednesday night and told everyone to pray for you since you weren't feeling well. And I said, uh, I said, you only came into my office twice. <laughs> but I maintained a distance you did, you of did, at least 10 feet. Well, you did. You did maintain, you did maintain some distance. Yeah, I did. So that's because I care about my neighbor, George. Yeah. Well, if I come down with whatever it is you had, <clears throat> we'll know that uh, it could travel great distances mm-hmm. so yeah so george you'll you might get a uh, a little laugh out of this a little kick out of this i don't know i have been defriended on facebook for like the third time oh yeah in in my in my entire tenure facebook yeah yeah <clears throat> so how did you how do you know that you were well because I, I i looked i went to the you know to the person to see okay. and we see them we're no longer friends okay um and apparently unfollowed so I've been unfriended for, um, by like a, I'd call a radical liberal. They don't like free speech. Um, they're not okay with debate. Uh, and people who, I think maybe two people who did not, <clears throat> who are really pro-abortion and didn't like what I would have to say about abortion. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and now this time. And this time, George, I apparently got unfriended because of my public criticism of Cash Public Schools. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a weird reason. To, I know. Uh, to I be know. <laughs> unfriended. I'll probably try to talk to this person because here's my deal. All right, like I told, I understand like the super loyalty. Like if you're from a place and this is your place, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make it. That doesn't change the fact on what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And that's exactly what I told my kid last night. Mm-hmm. I said loyalty organization, loyalty to school, lo- loyalty to whatever. Never that never uh, supersedes if something's right or wrong, mm. ever. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed in that. I'll tell you this much: for as much as people criticize uh, millennials and Gen Zs. I'll have to say the people with the uh, thinnest skin have got to be, from my experience, not millennials and not Gen Zs. Yeah, yeah, that that would probably be my experience also. So, yeah. Speaking of free speech, did you see that Elon Musk is offering to buy Twitter? I saw that. $43 billion. Just a drop in the old bucket for Elon. That's right. I guess so. 
Yeah, he's offering to buy it. Just, uh, just, he's trying start, to, just straight out. He's trying to protect free speech. He's trying to, you know, in his mind, I think he he thinks you got for civilization to exist, you have to have free speech. Yeah, and he sees what Twitter's done. But did you see like the genius move of what he did, what he pulled? Mm-hmm. Like this was the end game. Yeah, he he bought all the stock, so he's the number one shareholder, right? Right. And then now it's revealed his master plan. Mm-hmm. He actually offers to buy the whole thing out. And if they if they don't, then he'll sell all his and the and 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 the price of the stock is is gonna plummet. Yeah. So he's offering to buy it at fifty four dollars and twenty cents per share. Mm-hmm. And right now I guess uh whenever this uh US news this was posted at ten twelve, so about an hour ago. Um, Twitter stock was forty seven dollars and eighty three cents. So he's offering to buy it for more than it's mm-hmm. it's worth. Yeah, I think it's like thirty thirty four is billion is what it's worth, and he's offering forty something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, if he do, if they don't if they don't buy it, then he said he can't stay with Twitter. He's selling all his shares. Yeah, that's going to make all of they're going to lose a ton of money. Mm. The price of the their yeah. stock's going to plummet. So mm. it's kind of a brilliant move. He was thinking far out. Yeah. ahead of them. All right, pretty genius. Yeah. So um, got a couple of things that we can talk about today. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, last week we uh, we just kind of mentioned the story of that billboard that popped up in uh, in Portland, um, urging people to stop having kids, and we looked at stophavingkids.org. Mm-hmm. It's called antinatalism. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that the world is already as you know it's already populated enough there's already enough people um, there's there's you you are bringing someone into the world to suffer um, there's you know limited resources there are other species that are suffering mm-hmm. down the list yeah <laughs> well I guess as soon as our YouTube video dropped <laughs> last Friday morning. <laughs> it caught the attention of someone called Christian antinatalism because I woke up Friday morning to a message, yeah, a direct message. <laughs> so I thought we could talk a little bit about this Christian, quote, unquote, Christian antinatalism. Right. So this person, um, they, uh, they sent us a, uh, a direct message asking why have kids if they might end up in eternal hell mm. now i i tried to find um i tried to find this uh this this account on facebook and uh their account has absolutely nothing mm-hmm. no info on it at all but um i did find another page uh called christian antinatalist if you want to pull that up larry on the on the screen and I just wanted to, I just wanted to show this uh, this description of the page so that people can see some of this uh, this thought process that's going in. You can see there's 230 members, so it's not you know it's not a big it's not a big group by any stretch. Um, but here's something that uh, if you run across, 
It says, uh, we wish to revive and spread the anti-natalist values of authentic early Christianity before the movement became a corrupt, repressive, and natalist organized religion. Like Jesus, I'm just going to let that sit there for a second, like Jesus, and many of the early proponents of his movement, we wish to convince other Christians not to bring children into this cruel, wretched world, thereby exposing them to suffering. Did you know, Jay, that <laughs> Jesus' teaching <laughs> was to try to convince Christians not to bring children into this cruel, cruel, cold world? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I just perused the page a little bit. Maybe someone else will be more interested and, and go through it a little bit more, but I didn't uh I I didn't see where they were uh what their argumentation was. Um yeah for like where where how are they backing up this idea that jesus was teaching anti-natalism i don't know but anyway this person uh this person asked why have kids if they might end up in eternal hell mm. now i i already responded to this person right you didn't uh deem it worth your time yeah <laughs> i wrote i wrote uh, probably a little booklet for this person in yeah. response uh but before I give my answers, what? How would you respond to that, Jay? Why have kids if they might end up in hell? Because well, it is a possibility, right? You yeah. might have, you might have kids that reject the gospel. Yeah. The, I mean, so, the, what would you? What? How would you answer that? The first reason is that we're commanded to have kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, God He commands that in Genesis, and He reissues that command again after the flood. Um, we're to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And that's there's no expiration date on that. Uh, we haven't even come close to overpopulating this planet. That's a lie. It's a myth. Um, and so God God desires that to have more image bearers in the earth. And so we say, okay. Mm-hmm. Second one would mm-hmm. be that children are um, a blessing. That's how the Bible describes them. The Bible never brings up anything even close to this idea of you don't have kids because they might go to hell. The Bible always, over and over and over, speaks of children as a blessing. It's really almost like a sign of God's favor. Mm. So God's blessing is seen in that you're fruitful and have many kids, and then a sign that He's not His favor is not upon you is that you may be barren. Yeah. So you see that in the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's those are the simple explanations. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's pretty much what I said. God yeah. created humanity to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Yeah, Genesis one twenty eight. Children are a gift and a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. So Psalm one twenty seven, and then um, we have a responsibility as parents to train our children mm-hmm. um, in the the fear and, and admonition of the Lord. So we instruct them so that they might not go to hell. They might trust in Christ and know the the greatest joy in the universe. Right. Well, um, Christian antinatalism responded um, with uh, kind of point by point to okay. me. Um, so Genesis one twenty eight was a command given in paradise before Adam sinned. And at Genesis 6, verse 6, God regrets human creation. So you, you can right. you can look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. Uh-huh. This, is, uh, this is the situation leading up to the flood. 
Um, and um, it says that uh, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. And so the uh, the argument is that, yeah, he did say be fruitful and multiply, but that was before sin. <clears throat> now, after sin, um, man has become so wicked that God regrets mm -hmm. that he has made man. So their argument is, since God regretted making man, mm. um, that we should stop having kids. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know... Uh, there's big some big theological problems uh -huh. like their idea about who God is you know is pick it, they're picking it from certain verses and not taking what the Bible says about God as a whole mm -hmm. right so when when you take the Bible as a whole and you develop your theology about who God is then you begin to see and understand that God communicates to man in ways he can understand things some people just call it like anthropomorphic language. Mm -hmm. That just means God's communicating to a human in a way our feeble minds can grasp. Right. right. God doesn't regret stuff like he didn't know what would happen. Like, and so he's like, man, I wish I had made a different plan mm -hmm. and this would all that ever would have happened. Right. That's how humans regret stuff. Right. It's just, this is just, um, language expressing how much sin actually does grieve God. Mm. Now, God has full knowledge that, that sin will enter the world. Christ is described in Revelation as the, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the earth. Um, Christians are spoken of in the Bible as God's elect before the foundation of the earth. Well, how can you be elect if God doesn't if God doesn't know there's going to be a fall mm -hmm. and he doesn't know that there's going to be a people he'll save in Christ. So don't ever put on God, well, this is a mistake Israel makes repeatedly, and God tells them, you, you thought that I was like you. This yeah. is a common human error. So God, God using language, an expressive language, in a way that we can understand um, doesn't mean... God made man, and he was like, oh, man, I made a big mistake here. Look how much they've messed everything up. I wish that um, I had made a different plan. So that's that's that. But the, then I would say, okay, the, he said, uh, Fru be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth as a pre. Mm -hmm. Well, that command is reissued again. Yeah. Is it not? Mm -hmm. Post-flood. Yeah, yeah, to Noah. To Noah. Well, here here was – that. that's going along with what uh, – what, how I responded – but my my question that I also posed was if if God regrets making humanity, and so He just wants to wipe everyone out, why did He save Noah and his family? Yeah, did He not did He not know that Noah and his family would procreate right. and fill the earth? Right, like if God really was an on the side of the antinatalist, you would think He would not save any save any of them. He'd wipe everybody out. My, why aren't the the antinatalists like the Christian nihilists? Right, and why don't they make a gigantic suicide pact? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like the uh, like the uh, people that caught the UFO, the UFO on the comet. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate's cult. Yeah, yeah. So no one ever. Tr no people don't like to follow their their world view and their and these presuppositions they have. They don't like to follow them to the end. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, you don't want to have babies. Humanity will disappear. Yeah. But why? Why wait? Why? Why play the long game and let it all just <laughs> right. let it all just run down? Yeah, like right. uh, like in, input the 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 nuclear launch codes and let's get this party started. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So that that was a that was a good answer to point one. They they have a. I mean, this person. I I have no idea who this person is. The the page is is. It's it's there. Christian antinatalism is mm-hmm. on Facebook, but there's nothing there. Um, so they have a a, a weird view of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I guess, they think that God changes his mind. God doesn't change his mind. They're probably so, open theists. I mean, you would. I mean, that's that's an open Whether theist they would... interpretation of yeah. Genesis six six. Uh, God says in uh, in First Samuel um, fifteen that he's not a man. To have regret, he doesn't change his mind and he doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the first thing. Um, the second point they they go to Ecclesiastes chapter four, mm-hmm. verse three, and uh, they say that Solomon hints at antinatalism. He hints at it. He hints at it, and I I pushed him on that a little bit. Chapter um, four, what? I got to read verse, this verse three. All right, that uh, you can't you can't just make a whole a whole full blown um, you know theology out of something that you say. <laughs> the writer hints at. So uh, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse three, but better than both is he who has not yet been and has not seen the evil deeds that are done under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, maybe hint is not the strongest word that they could have used. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you, you baited me in real good, George. Uh-huh. So I've been looking at Ecclesiastes okay. a All little right. bit. Yeah. By no means am I an expert. If I ever preach it, I'll be close. If? If. if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, reeling this big fish in, Jay. Right, right. <laughs> so here's what's to be remembered when reading Ecclesiastes, all right? Yeah. The key phrase is under the sun. Right. All right. So Solomon writes this book from a purely humanistic standpoint. Right. Here's what he's telling you. Like a secular a mm-hmm. secular worldview. If you look at the world as if God does not exist, uh, what benefit is there to do anything? Right. And his answer is, there's none. Like, he becomes a, a nihilist. Yeah. yeah. There's no point to anything. Everything's vanity. Yeah. It's actually better to never even been born than to be born. Mm-hmm. But that's not his conclusion. Right. Right? You get to the end of the book... And he pretty much get, gets to the idea that comes out of the Reformation, where really it doesn't, that the chief end of man is to live under God's law yeah. and to glorify God. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of man, is to live for God. Right. That's it. So you can't, you can't look at just a single verse in the middle of Ecclesiastes and say, look, he hints at antinatalism. Because the same Solomon that wrote Ecclesiastes 4.3 is the same Solomon that wrote Psalm 127, where mm-hmm. he says that children are a blessing, and blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. That yeah. does not sound like antinatalism uh-huh. to me. Yeah. And like you said, blessings um, always, uh, the, the blessings always come with this, this um, idea of having many kids. And everywhere that you see someone who's barren, it's always in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. It's not... Um, it's not good, right? It's not good. This isn't the way that that life should be. Uh-huh. Um, and so, 
Solomon says, blessed is the man who has a lot of kids. Yeah. You, you look at the blessings to Israel, and it's I, you'll have a bunch of kids. I do not trust people that don't like kids. Yeah. I just don't. Mm. Something's, like, something's gone, well, we know it's sin, the sin problem, but right. like something's gone really bad if you're a human that doesn't like children. Yeah. Like, way bad. <laughs> you know, even if uh, even if you removed like a, which we would never really want to do, but if you just thought about it from a purely secular point of view, an evolution an evolutionary point of view, mm-hmm. any human that doesn't like kids, something's gone really bad. Right? They're the key to our existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, if you claim to be a Christian, even more so, and you say I don't really like kids, yeah. Like, come on, man! Mm. Like, uh, you don't you don't like other image bearers of God? Yeah. Like what? That's that's strange. Right. Right. Um. So they've got a bad hermeneutic. Yeah. They they're not interpreting scripture correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh. But then their third point is, and I'm I'll try to clean this up because the grammar is not great. Why does why why would a pastor's kid leave Christianity? Mm-hmm. Is there there's a risk? Right there's a risk that their kid might leave the faith. Suppose my kid is in heaven, but my seventeenth descendant is in eternal hell. I can prevent the seventeenth person from going to hell by not having the first mm-hmm. the first kid. That's that's they're taking a big <laughs> they're taking a big well, picture. They, right, I'll play the game. All right, yeah. I'm, gonna, okay. I'm gonna bite. Okay, all right, I'm gonna play theological weights. Okay, okay. Let's play their game. If one descendant of yours, here's my argument, if you have a child and every descendant of yours goes to hell for a million generations, and one of them goes to heaven Mm -hmm. and experiences the eternal glory and the joy of what it is to be in the presence of Jesus, it's all worth it. Mm. That's how great God is. Yeah. The issue is they don't think God is that great. Yeah, so. and they've got a, a a real problem with God's sovereignty. Yeah, like they think that they can. Did that make affect, sense? What yeah, I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, you're yeah. flipping it on its head. That yeah. they're saying that that it's so bad that um, why have any kids? Why have right. even one that might go to heaven if sixteen of them might not? Mm-hmm. And you're flipping it on its head and saying, "What if one does know God? Mm-hmm. That's that is so much better." Mm-hmm. Um, but they also don't believe in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't control what <laughs> what the seventeenth seventeenth generation is going to do. Mm-hmm. Like salvation belongs to the Lord. You you can't control that first generation's salvation any more than you can control the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. And so what I what I did was I I tried to answer each one of their points, but I also brought out the fact that they have a real problem with who God is. Mm-hmm. And we could go back and forth on antinatalism all day long, and if they don't understand who the God of the Bible is, they're never going to uh, they're never going to be able to understand and accept my position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I just thought it was really interesting that we I mean this was at one sixteen like they they watched the video like as soon as it came out yeah they did and then they responded as soon as it was done <laughs> uh, it was wild i couldn't i couldn't believe it yeah. <laughs> when i woke up i saw this 
what is happening here? I guess the algorithm hit them, like fed it to them. I guess. Because it had the word uh, antinatalism. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. In the description. But um, it's an untenable position. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can support this with the scriptures. Right. And like you said, they're not taking it to its logical conclusion anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There's no reason for anyone to be an antinatalist. Like like I said, even if you are a purely, you're a materialist, Mm -hmm. right? You're a, uh, you believe in evolution. You believe there's nothing outside of the material world. Yeah. There's no, there's no spiritual. Why would you be an antinatalist? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so crazy. And, you know, we, we live in a fallen, broken world, and we're, we are broken people, not, not just spiritually, but physically. And so there are people that can't physically have, have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, um, we don't live under the old covenant, so that's not a sign of God's blessing or right. cursing. Right. Um, but um, even if you have been providentially hindered from having children, you should, you, sh- you should still see the, the blessing of, of children. Well, yeah, and many, many people that do, like I said, I'm glad you brought that point up in the New Covenant. We don't see that yeah. as God's curse on you anymore. Right. Um, but most of those people like, will look at adopting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Christians, right. Christians adopt people all, a lot. Right. Probably more than the general population. Because they see the goodness of, of children. Mm-hmm. They see it's good to have children. It's good to, to pour your life into the next generation and raise them up in, uh, in the fear of God. Because you don't know. You don't know what, you don't know what God has in, in store for that 17th generation. You have no idea what's right. going, you have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, I imagine you've done, you've done DNA, mm-hmm. uh, research i i would imagine that your ancestors going back hundreds of years were probably pagans george my mine were so pagan yeah <laughs> should i pull this up i'm so i'm so confused on, on what to do because i've been told that like uh you know we need to be making some type of reparations yeah. for what occurred in America. And I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, dude, I got, <laughs> I got way more reparations to make than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, where do I even start? Yeah. I'm going to try to pull this. this but if up. your ancestors were antinatalist, you and your kids and um, by God's grace, your your grandkids wouldn't know, wouldn't know God. They wouldn't know Jesus. Yeah. Um and uh, no one no one knows what what's going to happen with their their future generation. No one knows how God is going to use future generations. And so even going back to that uh, the what I said originally that even if God has providentially hindered you from having children, um you still can see the goodness of God giving children um and you can even if you don't adopt because adoption is, is so it's so complicated and expensive. Even if you you're providentially hindered from doing that, you still can pour uh, into kids' lives. Yeah, um, there that's true. there are a myriad of different ways that you can just. I mean, just being at this church with fifty some odd kids, um, the opportunities to. Um, befriend these children and to encourage them to trust in Christ and, and to uh, disciple them, uh, the, the opportunities are plentiful. Yeah. 
Right? Yeah, that's true. Are you still looking for your pagan I got ancestors? It. I oh, got yeah, it. Okay. Check this oh, out. Okay. okay. All right. Here, can this thing come up on the screen? Is that possible? Hey. George. All right. Okay. I've got a lot of reparations to make. Yes. Yes. I can see that. These people. Okay. Will this draw? It's not going to draw. All right. That's we can see We can see the, you we see can the, dot? See the dot, though. Yeah. So these people. Over here in, uh, they, what, is uh, that? what is that, Sweden? That's Sweden and, and Denmark. Uh-huh. They raided over here. Okay. And uh, So what, Ireland and Scotland? They raided Ireland, Scotland, Britain. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this or not, but they were like, hey, guys, would you like to have ancestors with us? And they went along with it willfully. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what happened. Right. So they raped and pillaged and stole everything. Okay. Um, eventually, these people who are my descendants... Uh-huh. The fall was present in them too, George. I know that's a shock. And they invented something called slavery. Mm. And then yep. some of my ancestors came from here, George. Okay. All that's right. Western Africa. Yeah. And we know how that happened. Right. Same same process. Uh-huh. And then I ended up in North Carolina. Okay. And wouldn't you know, George, that's where my ancestors are from. The yeah. earliest they can okay. record coming to America, North yeah. Carolina. Okay. Is that wild? That's interesting. So who do I apologize to? Right. Where do I begin? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where do I start? Mm. When do you think uh, Christianity entered into your your family? Because your your grandparents, great grandparents, were they Christians? My great grandfather, I think, is the first Christian in my family. Okay. Um, on the on the Jones side, the Faircloth side, I found a book, and he may be a relative of mine. He was a preacher in Wales. Okay. Because Faircloth is kind of a very unique name. Yeah. I don't have any like direct trace to him, but I don't. Like I said, that's a very rare name, Faircloth. Okay. Yeah. So it's possible that someone from there, but in America, my great grandfather. Okay. Well, again, that's God's sovereignty. That's mm-hmm. not something that, um, and that wasn't planned by your Viking, <laughs> your Viking ancestors. Right. Um. So again, the, I mean, we, you just don't know. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And to just throw up your hands and say, well, uh, one of my descendants might um, not believe, so I might as well just not have any kids at all, is uh, to step outside of your lane and try to become God. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I, I would say it's wicked. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, yeah for sure. Yeah. But that was the end of the conversation. I haven't, I haven't had any more, uh, any more interactions with Christian yeah. antinatalism. Yeah. But yeah. I, I thought that was interesting, especially since they uh, they messaged us like immediately mm-hmm. after they wa- they watched last week's Free for All Friday. So I thought we could talk about that just yeah, a little yeah. bit. So. This might be the most press they've had in a long time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Go give them a like. <laughs> they have zero content. <laughs> that other one, that that other one, uh, um, Christian antinatalist has more more content than yeah. than the the people that contacted us. <laughs> so. I didn't even know this was a thing until like I didn't either. Like two weeks ago, Jay. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Right. We should have known. Right. Yep. We should have known. Mm. Okay. But we didn't. 
Apparently, we need to be broader in our reading, George, and our so. consumption of things. I guess because uh, I guess Jesus and the early uh, the early Christian church was <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to convince Christians to don't have babies, not have kids. Yeah, uh, who would have known? That's uh, that's a far cry from the Jesus that uh, welcomes the little hey, children and, and blesses them. You know what's str- it's kind of strange to think about that if Christians would just keep having babies. Like we'll take this country over, <laughs> right? Easily, while the, easily. While the unbelievers are are aborting their babies, if yeah. Christians are just, having babies. They're yeah. they're just aborting or not even having them. Yeah. Or if they have them, they'll have one. Mm-hmm. And so, hey, you know, have you know, have have three or four kids. Yeah. A couple of generations will own this country. Yeah. A few more years, and our church will uh, will be able to take over Lawton. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Got a lot of lot of lot of little babies running around. And if you uh, if you know these kids, uh, we might be able to take it by force. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe so. Yeah. What do you got, Jay? You got anything for us? I got a few more things. Uh, 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 unless you've got something. Well, I mean, it's it's coming up. It's uh, it's it's Easter. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about that. Isn't that pagan? Didn't we talk about this? We last did. Year? Yeah, yeah. We had a whole thing on Easter and the resurrection and. Yeah. How it's not pagan. Mm-hmm. It was it was a longer episode. Too. It was. I think we went through uh, objections mm-hmm. to the resurrection and yep. maybe like logical proofs as to why. Yeah, we did that right. Uh huh. Yeah, that was good. So what do you, what would you think is a? Uh, I'm trying to think about this. Like the resurrection is often a forgotten element of the gospel. Have you ever noticed that? Like people are sharing the gospel, they get to Christ died for our sins and all of this, and then they like maybe we'll tack on the resurrection of the dead at the end. Okay. But let maybe let's talk about this. What do you think is because I think there's very strong um appeal and apologetic power to talking about the resurrection. So if someone's listening and they're like, Hey, I've talked to my friend, they're not a Christian, it's Easter. What what does the resurrection from the dead offer to the world? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's unique about it? Why is it important? How could it even be something that could become attractive to somebody who's just, you know, a person that doesn't believe in anything? Mm. They're just stuck in a secular mindset, a secular worldview. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say for Christianity, the resurrection is important because, as Paul says— um, that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and he was raised for our justification. Mm-hmm. So without the resurrection, the cross doesn't have any meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, because how do you know that the cross worked? Right. <laughs> how do you know that how do you know that Jesus' death actually satisfied God's justice? Yeah, he was vindicated. Yeah. Everything he said and everything he did was vindicated by God when he raised him from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how Paul begins uh his letter to the Romans mm-hmm. um, when he says that uh, this this is the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son who was, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. That, right. that doesn't mean that Jesus became the son of God at his resurrection, but he was declared right. publicly mm-hmm. that everything that he said <laughs> was true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and God demonstrates that by raising him from the dead. So for Christianity itself, for the gospel itself, the resurrection is indispensable. Right. Um, you can't you can't be a, a non literal resurrection um, Christian mm-hmm. because that's that's what Christianity is all about. Right. Right. Why do we worship on Sunday? We worship on Sunday because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. I think for uh, you know just just talking to um, someone who. Maybe has never thought about it before. Maybe even for Christians, the resurrection from the dead, the physical resurrection from the dead, um, reminds us that the physical world is good. Mm-hmm. That um, we are more than just spiritual beings. I think that we've been so influenced by Eastern mysticism that we often forget the fact that um, the physical is part of who we are. There's a reason why we. Um, t- are supposed to take care of our bodies. Uh-huh. Um, there's a reason why we look at at you know um, injuries or um, disfigurement, or you know, and we say um, this is not the way that the world is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a broken world. Right. The resurrection is God's answer to that. Mm-hmm. That um, there is a new world coming. Mm-hmm. That there is something that is after death, and it's not just floating on a cloud playing harps right right there is a physical there's a physical future um for god's people i i think this is um i think a lot of christians they they get bored with the idea of heaven Mm -hmm. because the idea has been one of well you get angel wings and you get to sit around and you get to play a harp and you're on a cloud and and you think you, you think like that is that's really boring sounding that that uh, that why, is not that's not really interesting. Why do? Where did they come from? I think where did that idea come from? Like that we get angels' wings and you know it may be it may be Greek Greek philosophy that um, oh, you infiltrated were going, the church. You were going complex. I was going more like Looney Tunes. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, some of that stuff. I'm going I mean, more recent. Well, I mean, some of that <laughs> stuff it originated with uh, the Middle Ages. Yeah. I mean the the idea of the devil being red and having a pointy tail and horns and pitchfork. That's Middle Ages. That's that's not Bible. Yeah. That's um that is um that's the medieval yeah. um Catholic Church making fun of the devil by making him like obviously the the villain. Yeah. And I think you also see um this kind of ethereal sitting on clouds um stuff coming in around yeah. that time also. Yeah. And then in our time, popularized on Looney Tunes. <laughs> you got that little harp, you know? Well, it's not just Looney Tunes. You see it all over the place. I yeah. mean, that's what people think heaven is. Yeah. They think that it is Cloud City. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> Cloud City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta bring some Super Mario Brothers references yeah, no, people, in. We people need some do more of that, that in our podcast. Um, you know, Brooke... Brooke uh, has conversations with with people at school, you know, like the girls in her in her school, and there were two that she was talking with that they just could not get it because, you know, they they're Christians. They say they go to church, mm-hmm. and Brooke's like, "No, like heaven is not our final destination." They're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Uh huh. No, Brooke, you're wrong. What are you talking about? Right. And then she's got to tell them, and they're like, never heard of it in their life. Yeah, like you read 
the end of the book, it says that heaven comes down to earth. There's <laughs> right. a new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. The new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven to the earth. Yeah. That's that's the setting for the last two chapters of Revelation. It's not <clears throat> it's not up there. Th- the final two chapters are here. Yeah. So I think, you know, it ingrained into even people who aren't Christians, even into like seculars people, they cannot help but try to make things better. <laughs> right. It's like they're they're working for a world that they know should be. Mm-hmm. Like they're fighting, trying to fight cancer. Yeah. Why? They're trying to prolong life as long as possible. Why? Right. So this is the way a Christian can, you know, go from the resurrection to you, talking. To you people. know that death is there's something wrong. Right. That as much as you want to say death is just the natural process of life, and and we came from nothing, and we lived this purely, you know, biological life, and then we we die, and there's nothing. Um. In reality, you know that that's not yeah. that's not the case. You know that something has interfered with God's good creation. So they on a couple of fronts. I mean, even like very sophisticated, rich people, they do research on like things like, can you upload a human brain, <laughs> right, into an like an art? It wouldn't be an artificial intelligence. It'd be your brain, but operating on not a brain. They've even started this conversation with you know Meta, uh-huh. with with Facebook's new Meta, right? Meta world or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, this idea that maybe you could upload your, your consciousness. consciousness into Meta and you can survive after your after, death. after your body dies because yeah. people know. Yeah, we're made to we're made to live forever. That going back to. Ecclesiastes, um, Solomon says that God has put eternity in the heart of man. Yeah, yeah. And so I think there is, uh, it's very powerful, um, I don't want to call the resurrection a tool, but story, a true story, very powerful true story, which already is, is geared to speak to people at a level of which they are already pre-wired mm-hmm. to be able to hear it, right? You just have to talk yeah. to them right about it, you know what I mean? Right. And to correct those assumptions, those faulty assumptions that, uh, you know, heaven is this cloud and this is this is where you're going to spend eternity uh-huh. after you die. You're going you're gonna to be in this purely spiritual and you're not going to, like, you just sit there and sing. Well, rightly so. People are not super impressed by that. <laughs> like they're not that's not what they because that's not that's not what they were made for. They weren't made to just sit on a cloud and play harps. Mm-hmm. They were made to work, um, to labor and, and build and create. Um they they were made to worship not just with music, but with everything that they are. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what that's what the new heavens and new earth is going to be. It's going to be human flourishing um, in a glorified state. Right. Um, that That's exciting. Like thinking about this resurrected body um, where we actually will have, you know, a, a physical, a physical body, a physical form. We'll be able to touch things and smell things and taste things. And um, 
and but the, but it will be absent from sickness yeah. and absent from getting tired and and it's completely uh, unique and growing old and dying and that's exciting yeah there's nothing else like it in the world's religions right nothing even close right yeah and it all centers upon what Jesus did mm-hmm. yeah um, so to correct those um, those faulty views is to um, is to give them a, a better picture of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus right. Jesus was not just resurrected as in a spirit body. You know, that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses teach. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the the body that went into the grave comes out of the grave. It's glorified now, but it's they they could recognize him. They knew who he was. He still had the scars um, from his his crucifixion. Um, he could eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, this is not Casper. Right? right, where you know the ghost tries to drink something, and it it just there's a puddle on the floor. Jesus had a body; yeah. he could eat, he could drink, um, and this is the uh, the future for believers. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's good news. Yeah, the world's been on a hunt to live forever. Yeah, fountain of youth, fountain mm-hmm. of life. I mean, you name it. Yeah, Did genetic modification now. <laughs> right, uploading your consciousness to the cloud. The hunt ended a long time ago. Like it's available for free. Yeah, <laughs> the hunt for eternal life. It's uh, it's over. We found it. Yeah, and, and this is not this is not just wishful thinking. This, I mean, Paul's argument in First Corinthians fifteen. He's not he's not arguing for Christ's resurrection. I, I don't think that the Corinthians are saying Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because he's treating them as believers. Right. Um, what they're arguing is that. We don't rise from the dead, uh-huh. um, and his whole argument is that can't be the case because believers are brought into union with Christ. Mm-hmm. If Christ rose from the dead, it is impossible for Christians to not rise from the <clears throat> dead. They right. they will they have to rise from the dead because they've been brought into union with Christ. If right. Christ has been raised, then it is a done deal for all believers to rise from the dead. Also, yeah, that's true. Yep, that's good. All right. Well, shall we shut it down? Whatever you want to do, yeah, my friend. Let's go for it. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. I'm going oh to play the music. <laughs> this guy has a fear, not just of great white sharks, but also of uh, the intro and conclusion to the podcast. Hey, so. I did the intro today. Do you ever wake up in a cold sweat? <laughs> <laughs> Having a nightmare about having to close out the podcast? <laughs> i'd like to hear about it if you did all right okay hopefully this has been beneficial for you as we've talked um a lot about god's goodness in um in creation and uh the goodness of uh of a physical body and uh, the goodness of uh children and so this is all part of god's good creation it's God's original design, and so we should rejoice and we should praise him for this. So hopefully this has been uh, helpful for you. Please like, subscribe, share, and uh, we will see you next time on Conform to Christ.